0: Hello and good evening and probably good morning to the whole lot of you, quite frankly, given the hour this is coming in at now, but uh, welcome to the show. This was going to be my initial thoughts of the NCAA brackets, but truth be told, we had major news breaking in multiple sports. So first off, Tom Brady unretires, announced his comeback on Twitter, that he is coming back to the NFL for another season. You know, looking at the landscape of the NFL, I'm sure Brady was sitting at home, sizing things up, saying to himself, I have the worst division in football to come back to with everyone else in the division in rebuild mode. If I just come back to the Buccaneers, everyone is migrating over to the AFC. Russell Wilson got traded. You've got basically the Rams and nobody else in the NFC that you're really afraid of. This is uh, a prime opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl. And he got bored. Brady is turning 45 in August, people. 45. Brady's still trying to come back and play football. This is insane. But he he literally spent less than, (coughs) we got less than a month of Tom Brady sitting at home before he's just like, screw it. I'm coming back. I'm back for more cash and another ring. Just wild. Absolutely wild. 45, and he's going to be playing football in the NFL at quarterback. Just wild. And still better than the vast majority of quarterbacks because these guys can't throw. And the fact that the Giants are actually dumb enough to consider paying Mitchell Trubisky $16 million a year to be literally competition, if not surpass Daniel Jones, which isn't that hard of a bar to pass. Let's be honest with ourselves. It is wild to go nowhere in the NFC East. Uh, Oh, man. What are we going to do here? I mean, the Seahawks make a rough trade to move on from Russell Wilson. I mean, that was a terrible divorce, but let's be honest. The Hawks did not get that much <laughs> in that trade. You've, I mean, you couldn't figure out a way to pull off a three-team trade for Deshaun Watson? Really? Really, Seattle? Really? Okay. They're <laughs> like, okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Seattle. You could have done better. Yeah, <laughs> like, you like asking for Drew Locke in return. I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> like sure. Yeah, <laughs> like just just continue to tank. Tank for two years and and try to rebuild with your new franchise QB that you get in the draft. I guess that's the plan. I it's just a rough way to go out for Seahawks fans. Mina Kimes literally is in still in cope mode. But uh yeah, this is just wild NFL free agency basically supplanting anything baseball did because baseball You know, they may as well have just stayed locked out and waited past NFL free agency, the first couple of days of NFL free agency before announcing a deal, because, like, baseball is getting dwarfed. I mean, we got rumors of a Yankees terrible trade on, on on the way between Gary Sanchez getting dealt for Josh Donaldson with the Yankees picking up Donaldson's tab and bailing out the Twins of a terrible contract. Like, these are just... These are amateur hour moves being made by executives who are supposedly paid to know what they're doing, yet have less awareness than people who are literally gambling every day on baseball or just playing DFS. Who is trading for Josh Donaldson in this day and age? When the Braves moved on from Donaldson, the Twins bailed him out with a terrible contract. Why are the Yankees trading for this contract? Because I know the Twins are too cheap to pick up the tab for Donaldson's contract. You're uh, Like, the, the rumor trade is Gary Sanchez for Donaldson along with Gio Urshela. What are you doing if you're the Yankees? I don't even think that trade helps the Twins because the Twins made a terrible trade to deal Mitch Garver in the first place. Uh, I mean... To get Connor kalefa and 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 a draft a draft, I mean, I'm sorry. The Twins made a terrible trade with the Rangers. The Rangers didn't need more hitting. Like it's rare that you see multiple teams make trades that really don't do anything to help them substantially long term. I mean, the only thing the Yankees are if, if this trade pan, pans out, the only thing the Yankees are helping the Twins do is, sh- is shave payroll. Because Gio Urshela, while nice, isn't really going to hit that well in target field, in my opinion. And Gary Sanchez is so lost at this point that, barring a miracle, Ryan Jeffers is probably going to be more productive hitting than Gary Sanchez. Which is insane, because Ryan Jeffers is a replacement-level catcher. But Gary Sanchez is so lost at the plate that, in that massive ballpark, The the power numbers are not going to be there. Like, that's the scary part. It's like, out of all the places that are going to want Gary Sanchez's services, the the Twins ballpark, I don't know about that one. Because you need to be able to run in that. uh, You need to be able to run. When you hit the ball deep into the gaps, Gary Sanchez does not run well. You need to be able to have a defensive catcher uh, because of the fact that it is so easy to hit doubles in that ballpark, and you need to have a catcher who can call a good game. That is something Gary Sanchez cannot do. You need to have a good defensive catcher to make sure that uh, you keep runners off the base pass, something Gary Sanchez cannot do. Like Realistically, we've got two sep- uh, two separate baseball trades involving three teams, and I don't think any one of them got demonstrably better. In fact, most of them got worse. The Twins definitely got worse. I'm pretty sure the Yankees are worse with this Donaldson trade because now you are relying on Josh Donaldson and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton to stay healthy for 120 games out of this season. At least 120. Good luck. Good luck. And mind you, it also locks down yet another DH spot of someone who's going to need to be circled in and out, DJ LeMahieu is now stuck at first base. Unless you're trading DJ LeMay, like the Yankees have got so many, way too many question mark holes, and just p- positional pieces that are non interchangeable. They have one job, and they have a very limited scope of what they can naturally do effectively. And they're and they're getting older. Man, just bad all around. <laughs> like, like there is nothing nice to say. <laughs> like, if this if this is the actual trade the Yankees are going to pull off, because yes, Kata Kalefa can play shortstop and he can also play catcher, but you really want him playing catcher because his bat is so is so mediocre that New York fans are going to get real tired of him real quick. I yeah <laughs> like this is uh the this, this this one yeah this, this this one is sus as the kids say it's major sus <laughs> oh man <laughs> you, you i mean really it, it is hard to actually say anything positive about these two trades involving all three thieves I, I like i honestly don't think any of them got better and i can make arguments that all three of them probably got worse. (laughs) It's amazing. These guys are paid as executives to make these deals. I'm not even sure you could get this uh, trade approved in the show. To be honest, if you, if you try to end the game, I'm not even sure that trade goes through. Oh man. Quite, quite, quite the spectacle. Quite the spectacle indeed. Anyway, uh, initial thoughts on the NCAA brackets. You know, it's an interesting breakdown because there are very few teams to feel really good about. I don't even, because last year you had dominant teams. Like the Gonzaga and Baylor teams were dominant. The only thing I had concerns about was Baylor getting bounced early because we've seen dominant Baylor teams get bounced early. Baylor went on to win the tournament, in case you remember, and just overpowered Gonzaga, which I didn't think was going to happen, but they they actually did overpower Gonzaga. Gonzaga's back this year, but they're not nearly as uh, dominant. Yes, they're a number one team, They're the overall number one. Not nearly the same squad. Gonzaga is vulnerable. The good news for Gonzaga is they got a very favorable draw. Who else got a favorable draw that's, inexplicable Duke Duke and coach K's farewell season got put in the same bracket as Gonzaga with an, with a equally cakewalky bracket. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Gonzaga's biggest concern is literally if Memphis shows up to play the opening weekend, because Penny Hardaway has a very talented squad of players in the nine seed. They were injured for most of the year. Very inconsistent throughout the season, just to be perfectly blank, but then got rolling uh, 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 to close out the year. So Memphis actually does have the squad capable of making a run and upsetting Gonzaga. Outside of this, like I don't think this bracket is remotely any good uh, in the West region. And Duke is absolutely not a number two seed. Point blank, Duke is not a number two seed. I don't know how. They got the number two seed, being the ACC was down this year. Truth be told, I don't even think, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that Duke got such a favorable bracket, I don't even think the ACC is making it out of this first weekend, besides Duke. Because I don't think North Carolina is that good. Virginia Tech won the ACC tournament, highlighting how soft the ACC was this year, to be perfectly honest. I I don't think the ACC would have made it out of the opening weekend if if uh, if not for Duke getting such a favorable bracket. If Duke and Tennessee, who should have been the number two seed in the West, uh, if they had flip flopped, I probably I I would actually have said that would have been Duke's best chance of uh, advancing. Because that's where uh, Duke should have been flip-flopped. They should they should have been sent to the South, in 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 lieu of uh, Tennessee, who somehow got a three seed, even though they're better than Villanova, who got the two seed. I, like someone has to explain to me how these teams get seeded. Like it, Tennessee is number five in Ken Palm, they're top ten in the RPI, yet somehow they got a three seed. Th- that is just wild. It is wild how these selection committees roll. It is wild. Can't get over that. Can't get over that. Dominated the, the SEC tournament final yesterday. Can I get over that? What the what the SEC? Oh, man. I can't. I can't. Can't. I just can't. Anyway. well, well Like I said, I'm not going to go too far in depth because I'm going to break down each region as we get the brackets ready. Uh, we'll have we'll have the 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 bracket pool available, uh, uh like my bracket pool thoughts available uh before uh, ahead of uh, Thursday, um, but yeah, kind of crazy. The the only the other down suspect was Michigan getting in, but not as one of the last four teams in. How Michigan did not be end up in a playing game also needs to be investigated. <laughs> like it also needs to be investigated. I mean, man, like, some of these teams, like, you got nine Big Ten schools in. I mean, Big Ten was good, but, like, mm, yeah. I, yeah. We're, like, we're, we're just hoping that one of the Big Ten schools makes a run to justify this, because uh, truth be told, I don't. it would not be a shock to me at all if maybe you get one maybe too big to ten schools into the Sweet Sixteen, it would not be a shock to me. I'm I'm sorry, it, 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 there is a very legit uh, argument you can make, and again, Michigan is not in the playing game versus Rutgers and Notre Dame who are in the play. Eh, like, oh man, that's that's wild. That's kind of wild, but uh, yeah. So the West you got the south arizona probably the closest to a, 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 a team that you could feel somewhat safe about because talent wise they're good enough and they're deep uh they're deep enough that i can actually see them in a final four because i i think they're flat out better than the other squads in their region and they don't need the seeding uh, bracket help to do it. I just think that outside of all of them, you know, yes, Houston can give uh Arizona some trouble if they if they get it to a uh, Sweet Sixteen. But it's not as though it's not as though so many seeds are infallible. I, I just look at it as a case where, you know, we can definitely we can definitely see, uh, uh, Arizona. I mean, you, you got a two seed in Villanova, Tennessee, again, that would be an elite eight matchup. Like that would be, that's the next closest team that could actually knock off Arizona. In my opinion, I'm just looking at the rest of the teams in this, uh, region. And I'm just, I'm looking at them saying, yeah, Arizona's better than these teams. And, And, Yes, I know folks are saying, "Well, you 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 kind of slammed the west." But it's more along the lines of the teams in the south collectively they have a higher floor than most of the teams in the west. They're like they're just a, they're just more solid overall. I would still take Michigan over most of the teams in the west. It's just the fact that Michigan not having to go into a playing game is just kind of wild to me based off of if we're just going by record and in, in in some of the conference comparisons, Michigan should have had to go into a playing game. (laughs) Like there's just not, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Like Michigan did not do well enough to not be one of the last four teams in. Uh, but yeah, to me, the South looks very much down to Tennessee and Arizona. Like, to me, the, the biggest knock I can put on Tennessee is the fact that they are still coached by Rick Barnes, and I will never get over the fact that that Texas team he had with Kevin Durant underachieved as ballets as it did in the tournament. Like, I can never get over that. That was the best team Rick Barnes ever had. A like, complete flame out in the tournament. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm not I'm gonna keep moving on because we'll we'll keep this one short. But uh yeah, the South. Mm. the they made some interesting choices the the selection committee because I thought they bailed out uh they bailed out uh, a Duke with a weaker bottom half of the bracket uh Gonzaga got the benefit of having the weakest uh, region overall um because they're the overall number one seed. that's usually how it works but I thought this I think the South is uh pretty. Uh, Pretty lackluster as well. The East region, I think you could get a lot of fireworks here. Uh, Just from the standpoint of, I don't trust Marquette uh, or North Carolina. So I think Baylor should be getting through to the second weekend. St. Mary's is good enough to knock off UCLA. UCLA can make it to the Final Four again. UCLA, the Johnny Juzang and the boys, they you know, they didn't read their press copies. They They played a solid year. And truth be told, they didn't go too crazy throughout the year. They didn't have massive peaks and valleys. They were pretty consistent. They could easily elevate their game again in the tournament and start hitting outside shots to make a run. That's the threat to Baylor. UCLA has a four seed. That that's dangerous. UCLA easily could have been in one of these other regions as a higher seed than a four seed. That's what. That's why I kind of question some of these seedings because I I look at this and I'm saying they could they could have put UCLA in the spot of Texas Tech, have Texas Tech as a four seed. UCLA as a three seed, and actually have Duke play somebody in the bottom half of the bracket. Because you know, I I'm not sold on Arkansas. I'm not sold on Alabama uh, in the in the West region. But I can look in the East, and I can look at St. Mary's, UCLA, Texas, e- even even Murray State is kind of is kind of dangerous in, in a way. I know what I'm gonna get out, out of Purdue. They'll be solid, but they're beatable. The, the wild cards I'm looking at though and I just spelled them out St. Mary's UCLA Texas and Murray State those teams actually have size and they can chew they can chew so it kind of comes down to what Kentucky team do we get in the 2 seed because Kentucky has talent uh you know they had talent last year but they were just too young they're a little bit more season. And truth be told, people are expecting Kentucky to make a run this year. I think normally this would have been fine. But the East actually has enough monkey wrench just thrown into it that should have been in other regions that that's not as clean cut as, as it goes. So to me, like initial thoughts, I'm not as sold on try to because I know Kentucky's going to be a popular pick there are two seats people like to go with their high their high seeds. I think Kentucky's in one of the more dangerous spots just because there are enough sharks in water that could actually take them out and you know again Baylor defending champs still one seat they're gonna get some steam too in terms of uh, popular picks you know depending on your bracket format it may not be the worst uh, thing in the world to try to go for Baylor getting knocked out. I think uh, Baylor should be moving in, into uh, the elite eight, but that's not, it's not exactly a given. I, I think th- this is the region where you have, you have some question marks being raised because of what was slotted in some of these other regions. So the East, I definitely think, uh, you could get uh, some interesting matchups moving on. And then for the Midwest, you know, pretty Biden number season by Kansas, strong year in the Big 12, weren't really challenged. We'll see what they come up with in the tournament. Like, uh, I, you know, could Kansas make a run into the Final Four? Yeah. But the problem is I didn't really see enough of... Kansas being challenged in the Big 12 and you know Iowa State got in but you know weren't that impressive you know they get it they get a favorable matchup against LSU because LSU finally Will Wade got fired you know like we're talking multiple years after being caught on the FBI wiretap everyone knows he's he's on the FBI wiretap But the NCAA just finally decided to serve LSU with the notice of allegations. And then LSU decided to fire Will Wade uh, less than 24 hours later. He was on the wiretap for years, folks. LSU just kept, like, letting him coach. Let him get in the tournament. No worries. NCAA hasn't come down on us yet. As soon as the NCAA says, okay, we may start investigating you, Will Wade finally fired right before the tournament. We're being transparent. Oh man. Just, just wild. It's literally on an FBI wiretap. I mean, come on. It's an FBI wiretap. It's like, come on! You can't you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. He was still coaching for years after being caught on a wiretap. And everyone was just like, i bored with this. Oh got, like wild. Uh anyway, keep moving on. Uh, because in this Midwest region, you know, I I've watched Providence play. Uh, they're the four seed. It, yeah, they had a good year, but man, I didn't think the Big East was that good. Like it, it just wasn't. So I, you know. It, it it's hard for me to like kind of take uh, because I thought Iowa was fine. It's fine, it was like nothing crazy. But R- Richmond did have a nice showing in the eight ten tournament. They they can pose problem for teams. That is a five twelve matchup to look out for because I I think Richmond's pretty good, and you know I was pretty solid. Not a whole lot to fall in love with, but it's solid. But solid can get beaten in the tournament if somebody gets hot shooting from one game, and and there you go. But this Providence team, it's fine. I guess they're a four seed. It's like I just I'm not like some of these teams feel overseeded to me. Like I could have easily seen Providence being a six seed. Like, it, it, it's like, it, I wouldn't have batted an eyelash if they got seed at six. Like, yeah, as a four seed, you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you, you're looking at some of these teams, you're just like, really? I, I don't see it. So, you know, in this region, you're looking at, you're looking at Wisconsin, who, again, not that impressive. Yeah, they won games at the Big Ten, but, you know, Big Ten got a lot of teams in. I, I think they're all kind of in like a lot of parody. I, I don't necessarily see the big 10 standing out this tournament. They got a lot of teams in, but I think they're going to send a lot of teams home as well. Uh, you know, we'll see. I'm not impressed by Wisconsin. Colgate's interesting enough as a 14 seed because they dominated the Patriot league. They put up a lot of points. They can get hot shooting. That's, that's not a gimme matchup for Wisconsin. Uh, look, if you guys are looking for upset bids, uh, that can get a little tricky, and you know we'll see what LSU team shows up. But to me, LSU is talented enough; they get past Iowa State, they can beat Wisconsin. That's not that's not a shocker at all. Yes, uh, technically it's an upset, but to me, I, I think they're basically you know you're looking at the roster in the paper like it's it's a coin flip matchup. USC. Solid Auburn, good run throughout the season. I, you know, I just look at it as like Auburn and Kentucky both getting two seats. That's that's a little again. Got us like I, I think Tennessee's better than both of these teams. I, I think they were better. I mean, yes, they were fine, but it's like. I, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sold on some of these teams. So Auburn, yes, they should they should be able to move on at least to the second weekend. But once they get to the second weekend, I I think the the competition ratcheting up is going to be an issue for Auburn. You know, so very curious, very curious to see how uh, the Midwest goes because to me. That's the most blah region. Like I look at some of these matchups, and I'm saying to myself, if they had just swapped in one or two teams, you might have a more clear cut picture of how this uh, region should go. But the Midwest is solid, but nothing seems stand out to me in terms of region. So one of these teams is going to get to the final four, and that's probably the region where I'm going to pick against in the final four because I just. None of those teams actually looks like a championship contender to me. So, those are my initial thoughts on the tournament. I'll do a full breakdown of each region as uh we got to uh, move on uh during the week, but uh yeah, these are my initial thoughts for uh for Sunday and uh yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into it uh as uh, the week uh, progresses uh leading up to Thursday. So, uh have a good night everyone or good morning by the time you're reading this or hearing this and yeah until next time but uh be good and be well have a good one thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast be sure to like and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, google podcasts and all other major outlets